Welcome, everybody, to the Tag Your It podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I am David Van Fever. And Dave, how is that Lynn Valley doing? Things are great in Lynn Valley. We had a great Easter Sunday, great sunrise service, uh, and then Easter worship service, or I should say Resurrection Day worship service. So many, many positive things. It's a great Monday here in the office, and uh, I'm glad to be able to do the podcast with you. By the way, I didn't even tell you, on uh, the Friday that I went to my brother's bachelor party that Saturday, that Thursday evening, my son and I were listening to one of the episodes of the podcast. I didn't know that he was listening. And then I stopped it and he was like, turn that back on. I liked listening to that. Yeah. Yeah. So we're finally <laughs> getting cool. <laughs> finally getting cool with the kiddos, but they, they have to go to like Spurgeon college first. Right. Well, it wasn't John. It was a life. Oh, I was a li- <laughs> okay. Well, let's see. There you go. So yeah, Jonathan, don't even have to take college, college yeah, and John- kids kids that's awesome so that's a good thing well springfield's yeah springfield's still here and um you know redeemer had a great great uh just the 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 word was preached and it was mostly just the bible speaking for itself um you know and it's awesome the lord is risen he is risen indeed and it was a good celebration of that and they had a potluck i had my family over so i couldn't do the uh the church potluck and everything so next year if we do the potluck i'm just going to be like family come on let's just join my church family eat some food have a good time but uh but yeah but speaking of springfield um, announced today something that I have been thinking about something. If you go back and I was, we had Josh Jenkins on the show and I was like, we've been talking about something. I have something, um, but I'm not going to announce it yet or say anything about it yet, but there's something, well, this is the something. And, uh, let me get this up on the share screen. Anyway, here's a uh, Springfield right here on May 26th. Okay. I'm I'm getting, I'm, I'm happy to put this together. I've already got a bunch of stuff in the background, but Thursday, May 26th, that is 40 days after the resurrection of our Lord and savior to the throne up in heaven. Um, it is Ascension day and, uh, something that I want to call the crown rights rallies. And so it's, uh, this is the Ascension day one. And I want to work on some other ones in the future, uh, around other things. Uh, but Hey, why not start with Ascension Day, a day that uh, really gets neglected? We uh, celebrate uh, Good Friday. Some people celebrate Monday th- or Monday, Monday Thursday. You know that was a new thing coming into some Baptist life. Whenever I got into there, I never had that before. But uh, and, and then definitely Resurrection Sunday. You know that's Easter or Resurrection Sunday. That's the big one. But you know I haven't really ever been involved in like a heavy uh, Ascension Day sort of uh gathering and stuff like that so i wanted to be like hey if we're going to do this let's do this on ascension day so thursday may 26th and we're going to meet at the historic city hall in springfield missouri and that's at uh, 8 30 north boonville avenue but we'll probably be on the property facing chestnut expressway um, but it's just a time together pray sing and proclaim jesus's lordship over our city so if you guys were involved um whenever we had the mask mandates and all that stuff uh you can go back in our backlog dave um was with me at one of the psalm sings and we recorded some of that and so it's kind of the 
I kind of just uh, went like, Hey, Josh, let's, uh, let's do something like that, but let's uh, have it more often. And so hopefully this might be the first, definitely. I'd like to do this every year for Ascension day is kind of my beginning vision and just including as many people as possible that would want to do that. And then maybe spur on other cities and County seats to do the same thing. That'd be an awesome long-term vision. Um, but that's just kind of what, what did that. So I know that I've got Josh down and I've got a couple other people that are tentative, um, but I'm still developing a liturgy, but I just want to let you guys know on Thursday, May 26th at a historic city hall here in Springfield, Missouri, we're going to have an Ascension day crown rights rally. And uh, the theme is going to be Ascension foretold, fulfilled forever. And we're going to talk about our Lord, savior, Jesus Christ ruling and reigning right now and then praying for our leadership in our city and uh, again proclaiming christ's lordship over them over us over all things um so yeah you don't want to miss that get that on your calendar you can get that on facebook um on the tag you facebook it is an event from that anyway so now that i've got that plug out of the way what are we getting to what are we going to do tonight the other the little thing that i wanted to make sure that we uh pushed and talked about also was our book Yes. Against abortion, a pastor's plea. Don't forget that that is still live on Amazon. We would love for you to pick up a copy of it. If you would like a copy of this book, however, that you don't want to buy from Amazon, you can contact Brandon Dodd on Facebook. I am certain mm -hmm. that he has some more copies to sell you, maybe even at a discounted rate. I'm not sure, but it is available not only on Amazon, but if you go to our website, tagurateministries.org. Isn't that right? Are we.com? I can't remember. We are.org. Tag your ministries.org. Yes. You, you can get will. it on Amazon or you can uh, go to hope Baptist springfield.com ah. and that's their website. And you can get all the contact information to um, Brandon and Josh. You, you can get a hold of somebody to get hold of Brandon. Um, you know, if you're, especially if you're in town, then just want to grab a book here. So, and support him. It's an excellent book. And I'm glad that it is our second publication. We do have our Third publication coming out here before too long. We'd like to have it out by the end of the month, but could be somewhat slowed down just a little bit, but that will be Make America Prophesy Again, and yes. we're looking forward to that. We'll make sure we have a, pro a kickoff program when we do get that all ready to go. Adam and I will figure that out. But tonight, tonight. This morning, doing, whenever you're listening to this. Whenever you're listening to this, <laughs> if you listen in the morning or in the evening or the afternoon, but tonight, it's technically still this afternoon for us, we're going to deal with just a little bit of an interaction that Adam had with our good friend Adam Tucker of, so of so Southern Evangelical Seminary. Uh, Mr. Tucker is, I believe uh, he was a graduate assistant or might have been in charge of admissions there, but he does host a podcast and is, is a very active apologist, um, always very friendly to us. Uh, when we've had our interactions, we had him and Dr. Howe on the program just about two years ago. I mean, mm -hmm. almost to the day, actually, it was a little bit later in the month of April. And we talked about apologetics methods. I would contend again, we were kind of set up because it was supposed to be a discussion on inerrancy and apologetics methods, but it just became apologetics methods, very mm -hmm. little inerrancy. That was one of the problems with that discussion that we recognized actually after we had kind of got into it, what we would have really liked to have done is actually had some type of a formalized debate where we interacted in time settings and allowed some real cross-examination rather than just discussion that chased rabbits because it felt like many times my critique would be there was definitely a shotgun approach to the way things went and that made it very hard to track arguments. I remember trying to track arguments so I could respond to them, 
but it was just all over the place. And so we did send out a challenge to them and said, hey, we'd love to actually have a formalized debate. That challenge is still on the table. So with that said, Adam posted something on Facebook and our friend Adam Tucker responded. We hope that he will give us the due diligence to come on and actually have a actual formalized debate. We would appreciate that. So yeah, Adam, yeah. would you show us this great uh well, you show oh, yeah, us yeah. Post, it's, yeah, it's 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 a meme from a uh, you know a couple of years ago that is around this time. So you know we announced that we were going to have the discussion or whatever, and it's just really just awesome just to think about. You know, you can't talk about inerrancy without talking about methodology. So that's why it got derailed. So, you know, that's, that's the thing. So, you know, two years later, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm searching around on Facebook. I'm looking at some memories here and there. And I was like, oh man, yeah, that, that's such, I love this <laughs> rush <laughs> to unis, you know? And so I wanted to share it again and it, it brought them out, but yeah, it's, it's really funny. It's the same, you know, I think I shared it the same day that, you know, two years later, you know, earlier I shared it or whatever. Um, but this is, uh, I'm going to share with you my, you can see what uh, Facebook looks like on my end anyway um here it is let me share that but i shared this um it said you know it's just a quote from rush dooney by what standard all reasoning is either from god to god given and god interpreted facts or from man to man-made interpretations of brute factuality all reasoning is circular but man refuses to admit to the circularity of his reasoning because he assumes that an infinite and exhaustive view of things is possible to himself that he can in other words reason like god rather than as man you know and i just really wanted to uh look at my cute little picture when i was a kid right over here but anyway i wanted to uh share that be in that because i was like you know it's i think it was good friday was that the 14th it was a good Friday. So it was good Friday. And I was, uh, or it was the least, uh, Holy week. <laughs> I, I don't even know my days anymore. It's the 18th today. So it's four days ago. I shared this anyway, but you know, just Monday, uh, Thursday, it was Monday, it was, Thursday. It was Monday, Thursday. Yeah. Monday, Thursday. And, you know, I just, I saw this and I was like, you know, it's, you know, so this is just, I ended up just suppression of the truth is not intellectual, but ethical. We all know. And that's why that's the why of Jesus this is of the gospel in this. This is why of Jesus, we can repent and come to him for righteousness. You know, and it's great. Indeed, we confess is the mystery of godliness that he was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world and taken up in glory. And this was all according to the scriptures as Paul would say in another place. And so we believe the scriptures is God's word. That's the starting point. This is tag your hit, <laughs> you know, this is uh, covenantal apologetics, um, you know, and so this drew out Adam Tucker. I have not interacted with him in a long time anyway, but you know, he had to put his two cents in because we are still at odds in the uh, methodology uh, debate. But, you know, so this is only true if one adopts a, the bad starting point of a Kantian epistemology rooted in Cartesian skepticism, prove it, prove that that's where Van Til got it. You know, it might be your understanding of it, but are you, could you be wrong? Um, prove it. Uh, Nix the bad starting point and this pseudo circularity goes away. Prove it. Um, such a view can only be able to lead to skepticism or fideism, both of which are, are unbiblical. I guess uh, faith is unbiblical. Yeah, that's the problem. That's, that's what I love about covenantal apologetics is it puts faith and reason in the right proper place. And you have to have both. And that's the problem. So, you know, you have not actually said anything against the quote um, up there. You just assert a bunch of things. And that's whenever I come back, I said, prove it. Don't assert it. So he's begging the question. You know, I believe the blind faith definitely comes from the Aristotelian line. 
Um, again, I'm treating them as brother here. And so Thomas and Kant both had the same starting point and they're both unbiblical. Okay. So the, the problem is, is we have to, again, as a chapter 7.1 in the Westminster and the London Baptist, you know, it talks about how God had to condescend or, you know, the Westminster says, or we wouldn't have any fruition of him as our blessedness and hope. And, uh, the Baptist confession goes on to the life part that we would not have, you know, uh, the reward of eternal life without his voluntary condescension in which he was pleased to do. So that is, you know, that, that is a great articulation of the starting point. You know, the starting point isn't my reason prima. It is, yes, my reason comes into play, but then God tells me through his word, um, renews my mind, gets me off of my, my mind and then speaks to me. And then, that with the heart change and all that kind of stuff, um, the, the ethical walls brought down with the new heart, I come and I believe, and then everything makes sense. That's, you know, that's the whole point of the tag you're it or the, uh, the tag argument is that without God, without the triune God and his condescension and his word, you could improve anything. And that's the starting point. So, um, he comes back in and, and says, uh, sadly, that's uh, simply false. Okay. Prove it. Kant starts in the mind and has no choice but to stay there. Okay. Cornelius Van Til didn't start in the mind. And that is where I would interject <laughs> yeah. here. Um, here, as an individual who has only dabbled in the Summa, uh, I read from the Summa, that is Aquinas's major, major treatise. And again, I don't know any, I personally don't know anyone who's read all of the Summa. It's a massive piece. I mean, James White had his big copy of it up. Uh, on, on the podcast not too long ago, but as an individual who has read the Summa in graduate school, one of the things that I would ask at the very beginning is, okay, did Aquinas get soteriology right? Did he believe that it is God who regenerates? And did he believe that it was Christ alone who changes someone all to the glory of God alone? Was he truly a regenerate person? Like, that's a good question to have. I would like to know, from uh, anyone who is really in this, and I mean it sincerely, uh, not as a, like, please, as an instructive issue, based upon any individual's reading of uh, Thomas, what I'd like to know is, do you read him and see the soteriology put forward that would lead you to believe he had a regenerate mind? If not, then what you need to do is you need to step back and be like, well, it doesn't matter what he says because he doesn't have a regenerate mind. And if I actually read consistently scripture, when it tells me in first Corinthians two 14, that the natural man does not accept things of the spirit of God for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Uh, I'm not trying to just use one verse here, but, but I'm going to say Thomas's view of human anthropology would not be that of regenerate mind, and therefore his statements regarding philosophy and regarding the doctrine of, of, uh, of man would be suspect in my mind. So that's one, that's one question that I seriously do have. What leads you in, in your reading of the Summa and in your reading of other Thomas writings to believe that he actually had a regenerate mind? If he has a false view of, of my argument is if he has a false view of soteriology, one that is fundamentally wrong, then as a Christian, should we be quoting him and using him as a major theologian regarding even how one's mind is regenerate? Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Yeah. It totally makes sense. Because again, how do you, how are you saved? It's still a voluntary condescension on God's part to do that. 
um, to save you. That's so that we're, we're talking antithetical things. Um, another thing is Thomas Aquinas baptized Aristotle, which was not Christian. Um, the Muslims did that prior to Thomas and it was only, it was the Pope telling Thomas to do that. So that was just, uh, you know, we talk about the church becoming like the world today. (laughs) Nothing new, nothing new. Right. Um, that was them trying to, uh, stay here horizontally and try to fight each other, um, with their brains, I guess. Uh, but they didn't, again, it's the same thing. Whenever we talk about the abortion issue, instead of going like, no, it's wrong. No, we capitulated here. We stayed here on this plane, but we didn't talk about the up and down part, you know? So this was just Thomas Aquinas and the church at that time. Um, the scholarship scholasticism, all that kind of stuff, just reacting horizontally like we have to repent um thank god for the reformation uh thank god for uh you know years later we have idealism and cornelius van till blows that up and and all that kind of stuff so that that's the problem and so whenever you know i come back here let me uh get the get the screen back up um but uh see here share and um so you get that back up and i said um so prove it, don't assert it. Believe, uh, I believe blind faith definitely comes from the Aristotelian line. Um, Thomas and Kant have the same starting point, and they are both unbiblical. And he said, sadly, that's simply false. It is not. And here's here's where you can catch them. It says um, Kant, let's see, Thomas and Kant, or let's see here. Let me go down here in the right spot. Thomas starts with the unavoidable knowledge of things and reality. Wait, did I say that right? Okay, Thomas starts with that. So Kant starts with the mind and has no choice to stay there. And Thomas starts with the unavoidable knowledge of things in reality, using his mind to get there. So they both start in the mind, but they here's both the start thing. in man. We're not basing our entire apologetic framework on that of Kant. Yeah. Again, there's a recognition. Hey, Emmanuel's onto something here. Again, clocks, right twice a broken clock is right twice a day and romans 2 explains why people can do good things though paul just came out as saying that um you know that we've all rejected god again (laughs) and again the thing is i have to just sit here and i have to tell people you're not covenantal i get it okay you're not covenantal this this same thing leads uh Richard Howe to the false conclusion that God believes in atheists when he doesn't, you know, the, the whole, like, well, he uses the term atheos and it's like, okay, they're without God. Why, how are they without God is the next question you got to ask. And it was, they were not, the Gentiles were not in covenant with God. That's the new covenant. When the Gentiles and the Jews come together and the wall of hostility is broken down, you have the gospel, right? And then that, that, so then we, uh, we can all be in covenant through Jesus Christ to God. That means to be in Christ or you're covenantally related through Adam, which is a broken covenant. So you're not in a blessed covenant with God when you're in Adam. So again, we get Adam and Richard, you're not covenantal. Okay. Admit that and just be like, Hey, that's, that's the problem. Okay. We have, you know, we do have theological antithesis to work out. Um, to definitely work that out. But, you know, the thing is you have, they have Thomas and Kant have the same starting points. Uh, you know, John Locke brought, you know, John Locke got his tabula rasa from who Aristotle. <laughs> and then you don't think that gets uh, brought into uh, Thomas Aquinas. Hmm. You know, this, this, this is called, this is how Arminianism happens. 
because, you know, we don't have information. We're given information. We believe the information and then we're good. Right. That's, that's the thing. So that's got to be talked about. Um, so I, I told him to really look at his reply again, that it's the same starting point, just different conclusions. Again, they're both being arbitrary. So why does Kant not to get arbitrary on his side whenever Thomas gets to be arbitrary on his side? So again, if you want to be rational, can't have an arbitrary starting point. Now, where do you root the starting point? You have to root it in the revelation of God. And it can't be you looking out at reality, reading the, the book of nature, because you are not going to accept it. The Bible says so that you're not going to accept it when you run into it. And then you it. yourself are included as a creation. So you are displaying God as well. So the knowledge of God is in you already. That's the census divinitatis um, that we, that we all have and we suppress. And so, you know, um, that, that all happened. And, he said, you know, I give up, not even, uh, I'm not even sure why I tried. And I just said, solo scripture, brother. And that's assuming really, it was over, by the way, assuming, yeah, assuming it, was, it over. was over, you know, and then he comes back and, you know, I agree with solo scripture. Well, Thomas Aquinas didn't, he was a good Catholic. <laughs> so why, why, why are you wanting to sit here and go like Thomas, Thomas, Thomas. Um, but you're redefining that into something you can't actually live and something that becomes logically fallacious. Okay. You don't like reformed theology. What You're can't you live by? What can't you live by? And how is it yeah. logically fallacious? I mean, I'm serious. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, so again, maybe I'm and ignorant, then he's saying, but... yeah, and this is, and then I, and then I do my standard by what standard, and it's a ridiculous reply. So he's not, you know, he just finds it ridiculous. So ad hominems at it. Yeah. And then I just, and I ended the, yeah, the conversation. It is like you're telling me stuff. Are you going to make a case? And so, so how about it Adam? was an apologetic drive. Another fun time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But this you know, time, let's fine. make sure we have things timed. We have some actual structure to it and not just a free for all because a free for all is not the best way to have a serious discussion. I mean, really, yeah. um, is a debate ideal? There really isn't an ideal time for discussion in all reality because you're going to have time constraints. Like that's that's the truth. Make your case. So, yeah. Glad yeah, you so that, that, Adam. Thank yeah you. that was that was cool. Two years later, same topic, you know. Um, but the thing is, is just to let everybody know out there, um, you know, Dave and I are not going to draw a circle um, where only our two big toes can uh, fit together. And, you know, we're the only uh, saved people on the planet. Um, but we do have to again, we're not arguing Adam. We're not arguing, uh, or at least Adam Tucker or we're not arguing, um, you know, Richard Howe. We're not going to sit there and call them out in the fallacious ad hominem, but we are going to attack their arguments. So if you attack the arguments, you're okay. Um, it's whenever you start slandering the character of the person. And I know, you know, Adam Tucker was a patient dude. Um, Richard Howe's a very patient dude. And uh, we're going to uh, say that they're in a certain spot. We're definitely in a certain spot. Um, I know that they will, they love Sola Scriptura. They're not, they're not consistent with it. And that's what we're going to point out uh, whenever we talk, but we're going to consider each other brothers and be civil. So, you know, um, anybody that's watching this, that definitely is on the hyper side of wanting to draw that circle and uh, cast these brothers out, you know, it's just like, you know, you just lost some, some cool dudes. Yeah, and, great uh, you're gonna... <laughs> so, yeah, so that uh, brings us uh, into our next uh, thing that we want to talk about. Um, but, you know, I, we just I just wanted to bring that to the fore. Um, we'll do a two years later uh, issue another. Hey, Adam. Hey, 
come on the show. Let's have another uh, dialogue. And if you want to talk methodology, we can talk methodology, but let's not like fly and get an inerrancy bait, debate going or something. Let's just call it for what it is and just say, you know, covenantal apologetics versus uh, um, evidential Thomism, whatever, um, you know, round two. And let's have that round two and uh, let's discuss again, you know, let's get rich up on here and, uh, you know, and uh, hear some jokes too. Maybe we, we can have a little dad joke shootout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I've been preparing, you know, the barbershops definitely got me good the past uh, few years. I'm, I'm, I'm more solidified, but anyway, but yeah, we did uh, want to talk about, um, you know, we, we left off. Uh, so last week uh, we ended up uh, talking about some abolition issues uh, with Wes, Wes Scroggins and stuff. So we kind of broke that. So we're kind of doing a few things um, kind of, keeping things mixed up but a couple of lines of uh, things going on anyway but we wanted to get back to clifton long so dave um i know i haven't seen a whole lot of activity yeah so the last email that i sent to clifton long was uh, after our last program where i invited him to watch the debate this is on april 5th right and i invited him to come on and, and speak and ask him very clearly Brother, I'd love to engage you on this actual topic. Like, and this is after his April 3rd sermon. Isn't that the one that we're, uh, the, the sermon that we've been dealing with was the April 3rd sermon, which was a sermon that showed up right after Adam and I finally actually were directed to this February 27th sermon. We responded to it. And then Sunday is where he comes on. So after that, we did another show where we said, basically, again, the pulpit isn't a podcast, right? We invited yeah. him to come on and engage in this topic on a, in a very civil format. Like, hey, if he wanted to do a debate, that's fine. If he wanted to do a dialogue, that's fine. A Q&A, that's great. We wanted him to, uh, to meet us on the podcast because he had said in that first sermon, you've got to contend for the faith. You've got to contend for the faith. Well, here's the opportunity. So I invite him on the 5th of April to come on, you know, the next time when we could meet, he has not sent anything to me. His, his last response actually was, um, he said, brother, notice the salutation, LOL, please understand my desire to study the Bible uninfluenced by either viewpoint. Make sure you hang on to that. Yeah, this is a, that's a very two-faced thing. Uninfluenced a, by either yeah. viewpoint. But let's back up though. Okay. He said, brother, notice my salutation. So he's coming to Dave in an email saying, brother. Okay. Now to elders, according to the scriptures, according to the only 66 books library. All right. No other influence, but the scriptures is an elder or a pastor or even a deacon. Are they supposed to be double-tongued? Okay, so recognize that he approaches Dave brotherly. Dave has come out, you know, I hold to reform theology. You're sitting there bashing it over the head. And saying that with you're a yeah, with a glass sharded baseball bat saying that, yeah, we're antichrists. You're telling your church that you're standing big and tall in front of your congregation, bashing and calling it heresy and antichrist. But then you in an email tell Dave brother notice the salutation lol which one is it okay you've set yourself up with the dichotomy here which if I am one a brother is then it? you need to come on your you need to go to your church and say you know when i engage these 
reformed theology folks, these antichrist folks, I call them brother. Really? That isn't the way that either of the sermons sound by any means. You make it very clear that we're heretics, that we're not Christians, where we preach a false gospel. So are we brothers or do we preach a false gospel? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Notice that. And then, yeah, continue, continue on with that. Little and then he says, piece. yeah, I my desire to study the Bible uninfluenced by either viewpoint until I am content that I have searched the word and sought the Lord to a view that aligns totally with the Bible. I will refrain from discussion. Notice, though, okay, notice what date that, was that? That's April 4th, after he had preached this sermon on April 3rd. So he's going to get it out one more time and bash us one more time from the pulpit. Then he's going to say, I'm not going to talk to anybody about this until I've done other research. So you're going to take the time on a Sunday morning to use the Lord's Day in the pulpit as your podcast. When you are invited on a podcast, you're going to do that. You're going to bash us again. And then you're going to say after the fact, nope, I'm not going to talk to you about this. Nothing in either one of our programs were mean, negative, condescending by any means. Like we were dealing with the argument and your handling of scripture. Here's the problem. Based upon the hermeneutical standard and the exegesis that you did of Jude, I don't think you're going to have a consistent reading of scripture because you can read into it anything you want and you can do so on the Lord's day, preaching it. So are you going to change your, your hermeneutics in order to read the scripture and understand it? When you do this by yourself, then is that going to be a different hermeneutical standard that you're going to use from what you do on Sunday than what you do in your individual Bible study? That's inconsistent and that's wrong. That's a problem in and of itself. Yeah, this goes back into, you know, there's the James White asking uh, Leighton Flowers, is that the same hermeneutic that you would prove the, de the deity of Christ, all that kind of stuff? And then he says no. And I know Leighton Flowers is a much more studied man on this issue um, and, and stuff oh, yeah. like that. So, you know, but, uh, but yeah, that brings us right into where he starts here. So let's just dig in. They are right. God will show me. If they are right, God will show me. Okay. That's great. We agree completely yeah. that the, that God's word should, that's why when I sent you those texts, well, John 6, John 10, Ephesians 1 and 2, Romans 8 and 9. And I said, hey, explain these to me. You haven't sent anything back. Heck, I want to be able to be like here. Okay, you know how many people? Um, there, there's a joke that's on a lot of TV shows and cartoons. Father, like God, if you're out there, if you just do this one thing for me, I'll believe in you. You're doing the same thing. You're not doing this in community. You're backing away. You told your congregation to contend and you've had the opportunity and you're not shepherding your people to what? contend. You wanted this to go out. It went out. It got a response and you've ran because, and here's how I, here's why I am interpreting it as running because you already know, you already know we're wrong. You said you already know we're wrong. You already believe we're wrong. So that means you already have studied over here to know that we're wrong, to be able to preach this sermon 
And then now you're going, but I need to go back. And it's like, yeah, no, wait, no, 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 no. Pre- bring what you know already. And this is what we said on the last show, bring what you have already. And let's have a talk. We don't want to sit there and got you, you and poke you in the nose with a fire poker or something like, no, we want to go. What do you have? What kind of questions do you have? And how can we discuss this to be brothers? Because remember, you're the one that called us heretics and antichrists. So, you know, that's the thing is we want, you already have made, or you're lying to your congregation. You really don't know what you're talking about. You just don't like reformed theology and you just wanted to rag on it. So there is like there, you, you have three corners that you're backed into right now. Which one is it? Or you can come into our corner, the fourth one, we can have a discussion. And then we can have repentance and all that kind of stuff on what's going on. And we can, you know, end up engaging the world better um, because of it. And there, so people are watching and people, you, you, a lot of people get that, well, the world's watching, so we better give them what they like. No, the world's watching. We better be consistent. Mm. Even if the world doesn't like it, we got to be consistent. The world's watching. Um, so yeah, so let's move on because yeah, we, and we, we can, <laughs> we can totally hit this all the time. Like, but you know, the, hopefully he hears the passion. Hopefully cliff, if you watch this, uh, you hear my passion for you. Um, let's, let's, the let's reality do this is we don't want to be divided. That's yeah. what's crazy. You're the uh-huh. one who has cast us out and we're saying, why are you casting us out? Why we have you as a Dallas County convention or, uh, or association, made a document to get rid of us, to get rid of people in your area that are Calvinists. So remember, that's, that's the one oh, thing that I've you need to take that away. And I've been told that they're going to try to make, they're going to try to take it to the state as well, mm. by the way. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Sorry. Have a reference book of, you know, what is it, Stroll and some of those that espouse this? It won't be teachings. What do you think that they're going to use? What do you think that Sproul uses? Oh, wait, you haven't read Sproul. You made it clear that you hadn't read Sproul. So how do you know? I want to know, though, the reformed theologians that you read, Wayne Grudem, John Frame, did you read Calvin himself? If you've read Calvin himself, you'll see all of the thousands of scriptural references that he makes. Did you read White? I mean, who mm-hmm. have you read? You're saying they don't use scripture. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Or can you just admit that you already know that we do have scriptural backup and that you lied? And it's the thing is, we're not one to hold it over you. It's just that you have to repent of your lies and just you came out publicly. And so now you need to say, I need this to go out worldwide and I am sorry. And it only has to be a few minutes of your next maybe Sunday since you have more people there and that's where you did it. And then you can move on to worshiping Jesus and shepherding your people to worship Jesus together and get off this flicking off a man, but worshiping Jesus and stop stealing from Sunday. If I'm right, God will confirm. Solo scriptura. No answer. Not good. I believe it. I believe that they're wrong. Okay. I'm convinced that they're wrong. Okay. So again, mm-hmm. you're convinced that we're wrong. You already know you could have come on our show a couple of weeks ago already and talked about it. So again, you keep on admitting this. Here's not, here's that corner. I'm just wanting to keep on putting that and providing that. Here's your corner. You already know you could have come up and talked to us. You're running. 
I'm convinced the that faith. they're wrong. I'm convinced. What? By what? What convinced you that we were wrong? We ask you to share that with us. We ask mm-hmm. you to not again. What is it that you're convinced of? You're convinced that we're anti-Christ heretics. That's what you told the church. We're anti-Christ heretics. If we're anti-Christ heretics and you are convinced of that, what scripture convinced you of that? We know it wasn't Jude. And if it was Jude, we already showed you that you did not apply Jude or exegete it in any way like anybody else had ever done. You know what? God knows things better than I do. Amen. He won't keep it a secret from me. If they're right, he's gonna want y'all to know. But what you forgot, but what he's forgot is like maybe I have a problem. Maybe I'm the problem. So if I'm convinced, am I believing myself? Am I believing God? That's the question to ask. And you know from the scriptures it says that you have a problem as a as a creature, as a fallen creature, you have a problem. You know that it's an ethical problem. And so that's the thing is that you can't just trust this solo scripture thing. You've got to come out in community and iron sharpens iron. That's what we can do. And you are running and you're not going to allow yourself. Your congregation doesn't know because you're, you're the one teaching them. And so they're only be going to quote you about what this stuff is. You know, I, I hope and pray that people in our con- congregation is went to a bookstore and grabbed something just to go like, is what he's saying true about this? And cause I've got a Calvinist uh, uncle, whatever. And uh, you know, is it what he, is, is my uncle an antichrist? I hope they've asked that question, went somewhere and went and are starting to go. Mm, might not agree with it, but that's not as scary, you know, as it's getting painted, you know, I, I can only hope and pray for that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the problem is but you realize what he's doing. Going on. You realize what he's doing here, Adam, is he's setting up a situation, a situation where if he goes to scripture and he is convinced that it is no longer an antichrist heresy, his words, then that means everyone in his church will agree with him and believe him and be like, oh, you were wrong, pastor. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You were so passionately wrong. That's the problem when you preach passionately something that you don't know or haven't examined and you preach out against it. Because guess what? The Lord's Day isn't for you to preach against Orthodox Christianity. It's Mm -hmm. for you to proclaim Christ as king. Mm -hmm. Now I'm saying that, and they're striking back. At first, it was offensive, and then it got fun because I could hear me doing the same sort of Wait one second. Wait on this, man. We never did any ad hominem. We played your words and we responded to your words. Mm-hmm. We didn't have to straw man you. You did it yourself. We didn't add things to what you said. We didn't misrepresent the things that you said. We used your words. You didn't do that. You didn't fairly or accurately represent Reformed theology. You didn't even come close to that. And you're not representing us. You're slandering us. Because, and here's the thing is like, you are utilizing your feelings and placing your feelings on us. And then you're trying to drag us down to like, no, we're both at, no, no, we're not the same level in this. We haven't called you an antichrist. We haven't called you these things. Um, so please don't try to play big in front of your congregation. That's what you're doing. 
there's a lot of lying going on, a lot of deception going on. And then again, you're going to go back to your closet and not actually come out and do what Christ told us to do with one another. I understand that the church of the pastors is a small rural church. They, they're handicapped in, in creatures that are accessible. This is paraphrased, by the way. Yeah, this is a total lie. Uh, hard for them to attract pastors that have been seminary trained. Okay, I think we we dealt with that stuff already on the last show. So I'm gonna... Yeah, yeah. You have one of them, and I've had a conversation. He asked about my library, and I said I had a super six book. Wait a second. I'm just gonna. So we know that he did listen to the last podcast, the first podcast on this, where we worked through a good portion of his sermon. Which really, we only got to like four verses, which set yeah. up an incredible straw man argument. Here's the thing. I am so accessible to him. I made it clear to him. Contact me. Talk to me. If I'm going to speak ill of someone, right? If someone's going to speak ill of me and they're going to misrepresent me, I am going to make it. I don't have the guy's phone number. Otherwise, I'd call him. I really don't have his phone number. I mean, uh, and I, they don't have a church website, so I can't look it up there. But I have sent him messages on Facebook and through email, and I sent a message to the church. And said, hey, I'd love to visit with you. So what I stated was true. And he's going to own that that's what he said. Sorry. I can still read. Growing up, that was one of the issues my mother had done virtually everything. That's the me, me, me stuff. He's playing a victim. Simply not formally educated. And I've prayed and I've spent. Yeah. And so the so you, you, you stuff. Uh, this is not what it is. So say this is not a conciliatory message. It is. I seek their forgiveness. It's not a conciliatory and message, I but it is. For yeah. the message that they uh, So, what would have been I the still, better thing to do was to have engaged us and said that in emails mm -hmm. or through messages, or come on and say that. Mm -hmm. Or the message until God shows me that. Uh, we're going to look at our view of the doctrine becoming a Christian. Okay, the doctrine of becoming a Christian is what, this is what he's labeling it. I said our doctrine of becoming a Christian. Again, we're like 15 minutes into yeah. the Lord's Day sermon. We haven't got the text of scripture yet. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't want to offend them by using the term salvation. You wouldn't be offended. Like you didn't want to offend. Now you're condescending. We're not offended. Because we already know what to expect from you. But this is called condescension. Again, you are trying to stand big and tall in front of your congregation. You've just said, I need to go back and study. So have you told your, hopefully maybe people picked up in your congregation. Maybe he doesn't know what he's talking about. That would be a sad position. Because you came out of the gate saying that you did, but you're not doing anything about it. You're not being an example. Um, now you're being condescending. 
part of what I have read, yeah, I, I do read. Part of what I read this past week indicated that our use of the word salvation would indicate we could somehow facilitate that or offer and that we can't. But you can achieve Christianity. So wait one second. So did you hear the devil speak in that? Mm. Part of what I read said that we believe we can achieve salvation. Well, we can't, but but we can. Okay, so let's let's see if he explains it and provides scripture. Some things we totally agree. In fact, so far, I'm convinced I agree with him on forty percent of their basic five point doctrine, and they're it's advanced more points than that, but under. Initial five-point doctrine, 40% of it, I am totally behind. Okay, so he's 40% of the tulip. That, that leaves about 60% of I have issues. I'm not going to tell you which one those are, it's up to you. Two of the five points. So two of the five points. But, but I'm not, not going to tell about, you which ones. I'm not going to tell you about the ones that um, I disagree with. That's up to you. But then again, you've already made it about you, so why not go ahead? Like, why are you digressing now? Talk about yourself. I want to remind you of something I have said repeatedly from this book, and I've not said it lightly. And it's not to absolve me from responsibility, but to help you fulfill yours. I don't care what I preach. I don't care how well you accept it. I don't care how acceptable and... and uh, uh, how much you endorse it just because of it sounding right. I caution you to compare it to the scriptures. Okay, great. We did that. I, we did that with Jude. You didn't represent yeah. it correctly. You didn't put, you did not state at all anything that was in the text. You did not exegete the text. That is serious. That was, you used the text as a baseball bat to slander a theological position that you didn't even understand. I mean, it's that simple. Mm -hmm. And he, I mean, whenever he tried to do his apologizing, he didn't apologize for that. He didn't say, wow, I really biffed that one. I do need to work on my exegesis of scripture and my expounding of scripture. You know, like, yes, I'm not seminary trained and it's taken me longer to do this stuff. And we'd be like, okay, you know, like we're not sitting there trying to make a victim out of you and all that stuff. We get where you're at. I'm happy that people um, have positions of being able to teach people from the Bible if they just use the Bible and then they can just be like, instead of having their prejudice come under the guise of scripture, like you did, um, like actually teach just scripture. If all you did on a Sunday, if all somebody did on a Sunday was stand in a pulpit and just like read a passage and then leave, that's awesome. Cause that the work of God's going to happen in that we've had to do that at our church once because our pastor like could not talk and he was like down in water and like he, his voice was just dying out and he just went, somebody just read the scripture. And so one out of buddy came up and read the scripture and then we prayed and that was a beautiful worshipful to Jesus Sunday. Um, so that's all you have to do, you know? So I'm, again, don't, think we're trying to make you victims over here you know stop playing the me 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 card and all that stuff um we're we're glad you're we're glad you're here but you just you didn't repent of 
hand, mishandling the scripture, which is a charge for an elder to do. And it's okay. There's repentance. There's room for repentance here. I'm not going to judge you in heaven. The word will. Amen. That word is Jesus Christ. Yeah. When you are judged in heaven, it'll be according to the word that's in this Bible. Mm -hmm. I don't care. If I could shut them down on every point of argument, that don't mean I'm right if it don't line up with this Bible. I don't care how well they argue their counterpoints to me. That does not make them right unless it lines up with this Bible. There so, is one source yeah. of truth. Yeah. Agreed. That's mm -hmm. right. That's why you you knew enough to spend a Lord's Day lambasting a theological position and declaring it authoritatively as antichrist and heretical. I'm repeating that because it was said that is a and serious never, charge. And never openly repented of. There is one reference. I'll listen to people. I'll read their word, but I will not refer to it. You're referring to it right free. now. I won't retain it Come on. as a source of reference. Because this, I am told in it, is what I'm going to refer to. Okay. You can appeal okay. to it. Yeah. Okay. Well, so then, brother, really what good. you actually needed to do was say, here is what Reformed theology teaches or Calvinistic soteriology teaches. Here are these statements. Let's, let's work through the tulip. Here are the statements. Okay, here is a scripture that demonstrates to me that that is false. That mm -hmm. is what you should have done to your people. Let's see uh, if for, he does but, it. But I'm going to state this. I think that the Lord's Day is a terrible place to do that. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that is the place to do that. By yeah, this is like, this is a great Sunday school thing. This is a great podcast thing. This is a great uh, Sunday night get together thing. But like your people know to come and it's singing songs and hearing the word and being sent out um and worship from worshiping jesus that's 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 sunday that's what you're to come together around it's not a your fight between us now you know that's that's the issue so um but yeah let's keep on going on because he's not going to give anything he's not going to preach the word at all through this um uh, next is I have been told even by people within this Southern Baptist Association of which I am a part that in the 1925 faith and message, it was obvious that Calvinism was a part of Southern Baptist life. I have got the New Hampshire message. By the way, that's not, by the way, that, that's. That's not us crying in the background. No, 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 no. And he's getting ready to do something big here because it's gotcha. like, it's, this is, this is, it's sad. Um, but this show and, and Cliff, I want you to understand before we listen to this, this is the example of that. You don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Like you don't know the position. So you, you, you can't go into a confession and find the position in that confession when you, so this is proof this is visible, on-air proof of how we can understand that you and how we know that you don't know what you're talking about, okay? Oh. So I say that calmly and as a brother, but here's the evidence, I guess, exhibit A, 
of we of here's proof of you don't know what you're talking about because you're not going to be able to find the right thing in the document that explicitly is Calvinist Baptist soteriology in this document. Yes. That was the basis for the 1925 faith and message in its entirety. I have the Baptist faith and message from 1925 in its entirety. I have the Baptist faith and message from 1963 in its entirety. I have the Southern Baptist faith and message from 2000 in its entirety. There are very few differences in those documents. The 25, the one that they claim shows Calvinism, states plainly in it that they took the New Hampshire and with some modification. One of which is what the Calvinist thing had on. And uh, by the way, they also assumed that I had a bunch of notes up here that I would refer to them as I was talking the other day. How well founded is that? You said in my preaching every week. How many times do I have notes? We did not assume that you had notes up there. No, no, this is this is actually, I think, uh, I think he's mentioning what you uh said. You listened back at the show and you want to kind of have me have a TikTok about it. <laughs> the, <laughs> the uh, you know, where did that come from or something like that? And I said, he, when he took his glasses off or something, that's right, dude. So, here's the thing yeah. remember last week when he told, well, in, in February 27th, when he told them that he doesn't need to consult anything else. He's already undercutting his whole position now by bringing in the Baptist faith, the message, 1925, 63, 2000, and the night and the 1844 New Hampshire Baptist confession. He's now undercut his position because he's saying, this is what they say. Yeah. Do you yeah. see what I'm saying? There's an odd parallel coming out here that maybe someone in his church, I hope that they're actually seeing like, wait, pastor, like, I thought that these documents weren't all that important. It's all in the scripture, but why are you bringing these documents to us? Yeah. 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 Let me continue here. Cause here's the, here, we're coming up to the evidence. Yeah. So it's about the church. And the 25. 1925. Okay, here it is. Listen. That is the only reference. I can, of course, I'm ignorant. I'm untrained and uneducated. Okay, cut the victim crap. And here it is. Okay. You said that the only thing that is Calvinist or reformed, I guess, Calvinist um, in the, uh, in the document is just the 
the the office of elder bishop those kind of words and whatnot um that is patently not right you and so here's the deal i'm going to say you are ignorant of the position i'm not meaning that in a way of calling you stupid or anything i'm saying that you've had a prejudice against something that you ha- and you just haven't studied it right and it shows and so hey dave let me um have the share screen here real yeah quick. yeah no problem i um, pulled because, up the new hampshire oh, on one okay thing. you got the new hampshire but, yeah okay. yeah um but if we go, go to the 1925 here um here's the big deal and here is this is the reason why i'm good for this is because i've studied the 1925 and i love its uh doctrine of the fall of man a lot. And I've mentioned this on the show a million times, and this is kind of like where I have a problem with the 1963 and the, and the 2000. And I'd like to get this language actually back. If there was only enough people um, to make a resolution about this, this would be great to get this uh, back in, but it says he was created in a state of holiness under the law of his maker, but through the temptation of Satan, he transgressed the command of God and fell from his original holiness and righteousness, whereby his prosperity inherit a nature corrupt. So here's the language, inherit a nature corrupt and in bondage to sin and are under condemnation. And as soon as they are capable of moral action, become actual transgressors. So they don't, we don't transgress until we act, but we act out of a bondage to sin heart this is the heart of total depravity the calvinistic doctrine that was not just new hampshire was 1689 london baptist confession that shipped over here from england okay so i'm going to tell you sir please say that you don't know what you're talking about that you have not studied this because this shows that you just want either you didn't read the 1925 all the way or you don't know Calvinist soteriology, or you might be a Calvinist. Or you, are you ready? That's the or, thing. Or the only thing that you that you think about when you think about Calvinist is elders and deacons, and you don't call your pastor elder there. You call yourself pastor. That is as thin. That is as thin of a veneer on your knowledge that that is now exposed what you really should have done when you pulled up the new hampshire baptist confession is maybe you should have looked at i don't know something like the uh the section here on uh, section six of the freeness of salvation we believe that the blessings of salvation are made free to all by the gospel that it is the immediate duty of all to accept them by a cordial penitent and obedient faith and that nothing prevents the salvation of the greatest sinner on earth, but his own inherent depravity and voluntary rejection of the gospel, which rejection involves him in an aggravated condemnation. Yeah. And so that is actually, whenever you're giving greater light, you've got greater judgment, but you guess what? You're already responding. That's, that's the issue. That's the issue of the debate. Are we already responding? That's the Leighton Flowers, James White thing. Um, you know, that's, that's the issue. But I'm just, again, you're a Southern Baptist. You are in a convention. Okay. If you want to go and join the free will Baptist, that's why there's a split. You have the particular and the general Baptist, and then you have the free will Baptist and stuff like that. That's why there are splits. All right. And I know that you've talked in that first Jude video about splitting. We didn't get to that point. Um, But if anybody watched that video, uh, they saw him like talking about, do we split? And so it's like, if you can't 
be brothers, if we're antichrist and heretics, you're not going to change the SBC. All right, because we are a we we are founded um, and and rooted in the Calvinist soteriology. So you're not going to get rid of that. Now there might be a greater percentage percentage now of probably people that don't really give a rip either way. That's kind of the nature of the yeah. game right now. A lot of people aren't going to really take a stand on it, and there's probably a minority on both sides of people like uh, of Dave and I, and then you know Cliff here um that are going to take a hard 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 stand you know um and then you have even within that the people that you know cry heretics on both sides um you know i i'm happy that dave and i um try to keep ourselves from that we want to extend grace we want to um, extend the invitation and, and the handshake of fellowship in that sense um for sure but again here as we go along, it's kind of like one of those pictures that the longer you look at it, the worse it becomes mm. uh, the situation, like the longer you're talking now you're exposing. Now your congregation isn't going to get this. So all they, all they understand now is that, uh, well, yeah, okay. Elders. Okay. And you know, that's the only thing you know, bad. No, 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 no. You missed it. And you missed it because you don't know the position. And so yeah. I advise you to go back to the 1925 and get to part three of the fall of man and tell me that that's, you, you, I, I claim that as a Calvinist thing. And, um, if you want to come and talk about how that is not, then come on, please let's talk, you know, go back and listen to our programs on the Baptist faith and message 2000, where we demonstrated tulip in the document itself. Like mm -hmm. that was a good program. Not just that this tulip, but the, the stulip. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that goes all the way back to 2018. Like, man that might have been 2017 adam like, it might have been because you know that was when we started and that was yeah. reformation 500 the year you know so yeah. we had to hit all that kind of stuff that's right? right that's right <laughs> uh, looking over you want me yeah you got something to say no there? no go for it okay the only reference i could find that could be in any way twisted and i'm trying to stress that to indicate a Calvinistic viewpoint. The others that we looked at, I, I've highlighted what the Baptist faith and message from since 1925, even back to the New Hampshire, indicate about the viewpoint of Baptists relative to the tulip doctrine. Elders was the single word that I could find it, all of these verses, and it was in one. No. Nope. That is the craziest thing. Yeah. Where does Tulip and Elders ever meet? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah no. I'm sorry yeah. I'm laughing, but I can't be like, no. If, if you're going to bring an argument against Baptists not having um, a strong Reformed influence, or a Calvinistic influence, and your greatest argument is, well, it's only in the word elders. Dude, I, I don't know what I can tell you about reading a document. I mean it sincerely. Read those sections on salvation. Read, read the sections that we pointed out to you. If you don't see that, then man, I don't think you understand our position or even your position. Yeah. Yeah. So that really needs to be repented of. So it's, it's one of those things 
if you want to remain in your ignorance, you're doing it willingly. So, you know, especially if you listen to this now, so like, can we just get this out and open in the air and talk? Okay. Because you need to be asking questions, not of books and by yourself, because you're going to utilize yourself to throw some sort of shade on that before you read it, come out get exposed. Okay. Become amount around God's people sharpen. Don't go into a closet because you're only going to come back out with your own, which with what you want to believe unchallenged. And are you an absolute authority? Nope. Are we an absolute authority? Nope. But let's do this under the authority of Christ and his word. And we can go to the word again, like you're charged against that. We only quote men totally, absolutely wrong. And you need to repent of that and say, I'm sorry. Cause again, you know, better, you know, that there's biblical backup that we use and we don't quote men. Now we might like how Charles Spurgeon articulates something and the verbiage he used in the situation he used it. Okay. That that's great. You know, there's no problem in that, but we don't base it on that. We don't appeal to Charles Spurgeon for truth. Um, we just like his articulation. He was a strong man of God, um, in history because God still works in history. Um, but no, no, we appeal and Charles Spurgeon appealed to the scriptures mm-hmm. and then the people, the people he learned from appeal to the scriptures. That was, he is in that tradition of soul scriptura. Um, but he did not do this alone. You know, don't do this alone. Okay. That only puts more pressure on you and you're going to go crazy and you're going to burn out. So just come out get exposed. It's okay. Like, again, we're not going to have you on the show to condemn you. We just want to have a conversation. And like, well, we get, put you in the driver's seat, ask any question you want. And then we can go back and forth. Look at the way that we handled when Sean McCormick called and lied to us. Right. Mm -hmm. Look how we engaged him in that discussion. Go back and watch that video. That's like one of our very first videos. Go back and watch that. See how we deal with someone that we disagree with. I mean, well, look at the way that we've handled any guest that has ever come on and debated, argued, put forward a different position. We're not going to do anything different than that. Uh, in fact, I would even say we would be extra gracious because you're the one saying that we're the heretics and we're inviting you on our program to actually say, no, brother, we are brothers. Mm-hmm. Let me see here. Let's go with one more little something see what he's got and then uh we can save this uh for another little part you know so we can continue this going on until we can get him on the show how about it so if they were there they got shortchanged and i would have been mad as hops because the only reference was elder you know nothing about baptist history I'm just going to shoot straight. You know nothing about Baptist history. That is I'm as easy to be as can be said. Be honest. I'm going to try to use uh, there. Now again, I, I I do have you know I I've got some notes from the some notes here. You, you can look it up too. Some notes from uh, off the internet, and with that many type notes, you can understand that they're fairly lengthy. Uh, that they themselves, in their words, what they say about their doctrine. I do not want to twist their doctrine. 
Well, you already did. You already did. Why didn't you start with that to begin with? Why didn't you do your homework to begin with instead of after you were called out for it? Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. Cause I, I think uh, moving on from here, he does start trying to get into a few points. And so I think we can definitely save that and uh, have that nice little compartment um, for another show. But yeah, that's, that's a big thing. Like you said a whole lot. This is again, 24 minutes and 56 seconds um, into this. And out of, we got 22 minutes left, 23 minutes left here um, on a Sunday. And you're finally going to like, listen to like, just think about that. Like think about all that was set up to this point, just to be like, here's all I had to say, you know, here's their points. Here's the scripture. They get that from let's, let's do that. But then again, you should be exhorting them from the scriptures on Sunday. And then you can get into a deeper Bible study. Like, Hey, um, you know, have you like my church, you know, has come out noticing there's a lot of reformed theology. They're kind of scared of it. Let's go through it. Let's, and like not demonize it from the get go, especially whenever you've just proven you don't know. Um, but now there's more to repent from and it's only going to be harder and harder as it goes along. And we ask you brother, please slow down come on the show. Let's just have a nice little bit of a talk or at least get a, get a zoom call together, non-recorded just to talk a little bit. Um, and then maybe plan, plan something together so that, you know, if you're not used to this format and this kind of thing, we totally understand. And, uh, we can make, a produce it a little bit more to where you are very comfortable. You've got the questions you want to ask. You've got the answers that we're going to say already. Um, that's kind of some things that we, we, we will go out of our way to be able to just be like, brother, come on. Like we're in Missouri together. We're in the NBC together. Um, it's a neighboring, uh, association to mine. Um, Dave was in it. So he's, you know, got some emotional stock cause he's, he's lived in it. He's been in it. Um, so there, there's stuff there. Um, but, uh, you know, let's, let's get that going, but I think, uh, that's a good stopping point. If yeah. you think so Dave for, for the day. I do. Yeah, I do brother. So. But, uh, but yeah, so anyway, guys, uh, thank you so much for watching and, uh, just continue, um, you know, if you know, Clifton long, if you're getting hold of this, let's, you know, talk to him, pray for him, um, see if, uh, you know, if we can just all kind of come around him and, uh, just get him to come out, um, uh, instead of going and into a study and doing solo scriptura and just attacking these positions just from his own self without coming to the body. I remember he either Dave's a brother or not, you know, if he's a brother, let's act like brothers. If we're brothers, let's act like brothers. It's the same thing. I asked Philip, Wright, And this is what get, this is what scares me is because I asked Philip, Wright, You know, do you consider me a fellow co-laborer in the gospel? And if somebody can't answer that question, yes or no, that's scary. At least, you know, where they stand. So which one are we? Are we brothers or heretics and antichrists? Are we fellow co-laborers in the gospel? And cannot we act like it if we are? Please. Right on. All right. right I think that's exactly what needs to be said there. Yeah. So if anybody knows Cliff and got his number, if, uh, you know, give him a call, um, tell him to call Dave or whatever. Or if you're listening to this and you have access to that resolution that the Dallas County Association of Southern Baptist wrote, We'd love to get our hands on it. We would love to get our hands on it. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know that as well. Well, with that said, this is the Tag You're It podcast. I'm Ray Ray. I am David Van Bevel. And so are you. Gloria.